Uh, welcome back. Uh, we have taken a short break. Uh, we've done some administrative things, and uh, we are ready to continue with our last half hour of uh, our session entitled Today's Church, Meat Eaters or Pablum Addicts, uh, which I think is an entirely appropriate title. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're speaking out against some things. We're, we're asking some hard questions and giving some very, very hard answers to those questions. Uh, I hope you've been getting all of this down. To, to start this last half hour segment, I've got a question to start out with. And, and uh, Jimmy, we, we, we discussed it during break. Uh, what was the scripture that you just read to me out of Romans? Well, Romans, the end of chapter one, verse 32. And uh -huh. there's a downward spiral here that starts uh -huh. at verse 18, the wrath of God being revealed. But then yep. there's a progression. And when you get all the way to the bottom of the funnel, verse 32 says, who, knowing the judgment of God, they which commit such things are worthy of death. Okay, so let's keep this in context and read me the list. Okay. Well, well let him finish the verse. Yeah. Uh, I think. Not only do the same thing, but have pleasure in them that do them. So um, what he's saying in, at the beginning of the list is because they, they changed the truth of God into a lie and chose to worship the creator more than the creator. For this cause... God gave them up, verse 26, unto vile affections. Even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Wow. It's pretty clear what that means. We don't need to be graphic. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their heir, which was meat. Sounds like there was a penalty for that behavior. Well, it sounded like it was AIDS. Mm, is it very, yeah, absolutely. No question. And verse 28, and then as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then they're being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness. It's not just sexual. It's everything here. That's right. Full of envy, murder, Debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters. Hmm, sounds like social media posts and tweets to me. Haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Oh, wow. Listen up, kids. Yeah, oh boy. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. And I know you guys covered that once before, talking about mothers and, and, their, un, and their natural affection we for human life implacable, unmerciful. And then we get to the verse that I just read. Knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Then it says, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do. It sounds like they're celebrating it. Bingo. They are celebrating it according to that. So my question is this. In, in this falling away, it appears to me it sounds to me as if God has already set a penalty for those egregious sins. And it sounds like a final judgment of death. And believe it, it's coming. 
a final sentence of death. It's now, coming. Now, wait, the just, wages of sin is death. Yeah, and that's eternal death, eternal by the way. Eternal death. Yes. Okay. Death. Eternal death. Uh, so if that's the penalty for those that commit those sins, how much more egregious is the church for allowing those that commit those sins that are worthy of death take a pulpit and teach a congregation? How much worse could we do? I think we, in some cases, are celebrating it because we're so inclusive and tolerant. Yeah. So yeah. are we are we pandering or are we preaching? Pastor? Um, well, you know the answer to that. Um, I'm asking you for the, the answer. The three of us at this table ain't, ain't pandering, I'll tell you that. Well, no, it should be pretty obvious that we're not we, uh, inclined. We've discussed this, Curtis, between you and me. And me. We've discussed this. Maybe we'll lose listeners because of this. We might. But I'm telling you, we're saying it because it needs saying. And someone might say, well, you're not a pastor. You don't have to get a paycheck. I was a pastor for a lot of years. And I was the same way then as I am now. Is that correct, Mr. Cochran? Amen. 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 And he knows it. So yeah. if we're not pandering... Then if keeping in, you know, in line with the things that would roll out of the alliteration basement, since, <laughs> since yeah. we're not pandering, yeah. we are specifically provoking. And that's why the title of this podcast is what it is. That's right. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. That's it. And, and, and listen, and this is the reason that the church has gotten, has fallen away this far is because nobody wants to treat it this way. Yeah. Nobody wants to speak out harshly. Nobody wants to reprove, rebuke, or exhort, as Paul told Timothy to do. And I want to remind everybody that that, that language is there for a reason, in that order. We looked it up downstairs. I looked up the definition of reprove. In the, in the alliteration room. In yeah. the alliteration room. <laughs> That's right. And, and a reprove is, is a, a, a calm or gentle reprimand. Yeah. That's that's really what that is. A, a, a correction. A, you know. a, a gentle correction. Yeah. Reproof. Uh no, 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 church. No, no, no. You're going don't on. even don't even think about that because it says here in scripture, this is a reproof. This is the reproof. A gentle correction. When that doesn't work, which obviously it hasn't, Paul told Timothy to move to what? Rebuke? Well, that's... There's a little the, the, bit The dictionary says that that's a harsh criticism of... Sure. Or a, 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 an intense warning... A reprimand. A reprimand to stay away from. A reminder that we told you that before it was wrong in the, in the reproval. And when the rebuke doesn't work, then you move to exhortation, which is a critical encouragement to turn away from all sin. Yep. That's it. That progression is there because Paul knew the prophetically that the church 
would rapidly progress in its sinfulness and its falling away. And the very next verse says that. It sure does. It for the time, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I think we're there. Amen. Oh and, and if you think that preaching like you just did, reprove, rebuke, and exhort is too strong, <laughs> then maybe you should go to Revelation chapter 2 and see oh, what the Lord Jesus Christ oh, actually said right. to the churches. That's right. Oh boy. Yes. So, so if you you're, think, you're there, if you? yeah, if you're out, if you think we're out of line, uh, the the angel of the Church of Ephesus to the angel of the Church oh, of Ephesus, boy. right? Uh, These things which saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, God. Fully man, fully human, fully God. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. And hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, uh oh, here it comes. Is, Is this a rebuke, a reprove, or an exhort? Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will move thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Wow, that sounds like more than a rebuke. That sounds like an exhortation to me. You'd better turn away from what you're doing completely, or you're going to lose your place. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Yeah. And by the way, that's just the letter to the first uh, period of church history. There are seven periods. We're in the Laodicean period. And he says this. He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither hot, uh, nor neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm warm, and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Oh. The church at Laodicea is making God so sick he wants to puke. Yep, yep. And, uh, and this, by uh, the way, and yeah. at the end of that Laodicean church age, which is coming up very, very very soon, Maranatha. maybe today. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Maranatha, that's right, even so come. Maranatha is a word that means our Lord cometh. Even so come Lord Jesus. And so look at what, what is said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It's at the end of the seventh and last age of the church. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Boy. What? Is this about salvation, Pastor? Is this a call? Is this Jesus standing at the door of my heart trying to come in? It's more than that. Preach it. It's more than that. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in unto him and will sup with him and he with me. And the best way to have fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ is to open the door. Maybe you're saved, but you haven't opened the door. You've kept Jesus on the outside. You need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this passage was written to believers, and this is not about getting saved because they're already within the family. This is about fellowship. (coughs) Well, 
And it's about fellowship. About fellowship. It's all about yeah. It's, yep. it's about those things. That's right. And and how can you do that? Listen, Timothy was told. He says, "The things that thou hast learned, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also." And that, folks, is what we're trying to do. We're not a Bible college, but I'm telling you, there are some Bible colleges that I one of that I went to that went down the tubes. It makes me. This jumps into my mind. The tech that we're using here, of course, in the last 50 to 75 years, amazing things have happened. But in World War II, sometimes families were split apart for months at a time. That's right. And the only way they were able to contact each other and to have fellowship with each other and know about each other was by receiving a letter in the mail. Imagine a, a woman, a young wife, a young mother separated from her husband who's overseas. We just celebrated D Day. Mm-hmm. Not many people said much yeah. about that, but I remember it because I've got a grandfather buried in a number grave in France. Yeah, yeah. Here's a young woman. Here's the mailman coming. She hasn't seen or heard from her husband, the father of her children. She gets the letter. She looks at the letter. She's thrilled with the letter. Oh, that's amazing. And then she puts it aside and decides to read it later. Yeah. Isn't, no, that, that, isn't, isn't, isn't that kind of like what we do with God's word? Uh, yes, and oh, it's exactly. Boy. And I'm going to tell you, that's a good illustration. My dad was overseas for two years and mom didn't see him at all for two years. And I was just a young lad and my, we all got to read dad's letters. Now, some other, there were some redactions in there, but it was from dad and we, we regaled in it, mom and me, I'm telling you. And uh, great analogy. And we're so, going to, we're going to give an account. We're going to stand. Oh, We're going to oh, stand Lord. before the Lord, and, Lord. He, and he's going to ask us. I gave you all things that pertaineth unto life and godliness. You have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You have the completed canon of Scripture. And there it sat, my direct words to you specifically. But you were too busy with Facebook. You were too busy Oops. on Twitter. You were too busy with YouTube. Hey, wait, I got to get to the next level in this video game. You were, yeah, you were too busy making sure that no, none of your fellow humankind were upset about anything, but you, and you were never worried about whether I was. You were a warrior for social justice. Where were you for the gospel? That's right. I got to tell you. That's, I mean, you guys, are, you guys are hitting it. I'm, I'm glad we invited you, Jim. Me too. Yeah, yeah, and by the way, I, let me say this right off the bat: you have an open invitation. Absolutely, <laughs> that's right. Anytime Absolutely. you want, we invited you, and you were gracious in coming, yeah. not knowing totally what we're doing here. But uh, it took you about fifteen seconds to get acclimated, and <laughs> we need it. We need it. Iron sharpens iron, and if you don't have sure somebody, does. you know, you told me years ago, Pastor, you said everybody needs a Paul to their Timothy. Absolutely. You, you need a mentor. There's no doubt. Everybody needs to be being a Paul to a Timothy. That's you right. need to mentor somebody else. And everyone needs a Barnabas, a son of consolation. And we can't do that if we forsake the assembling of ourselves together and such is the manner of some right now. But I watch, I know, I, I see on the cable television. <laughs> I know yeah. that's not what the original design intention of the New Testament church is. Yeah, see, and what you'll see on TV is entertainment. Um, there's a very good, it once was a 
wonderful Bible teaching church and still does give uh, give some pretty good sermons, but they open their service on television with a, a 12 member praise team and they sing contemporary music so that people can wave their hands and feel good. And they sing these uh, new contemporary songs, which are, are you listening? Doctrinally incorrect. And I'll tell you, I turned in one Sunday morning and I heard that, heard this praise team singing these words, the blood of Jesus courses through our veins, the blood oh. of Jesus courses through our veins, oh. over and over and over again. And I found myself standing up from my couch. Uh, I couldn't go to church that day because my wife was ill. And and so I'm, I stood up. I heard myself saying it, said, that's not right. The blood of Adam's coursing that's through right. your veins. That's it right. still is. If you and you know, and, and the whole that you know, we're talking about the church, and I know this is going to come up sooner or later. There's something going on right now in some of our good churches, and, and as well as the poor churches, that I like to refer to as the the worship wars. And what we're talking about specifically is the manner, method, and mode of of the worship team. And I'm going to say this real quick, and then I'm going to jump off of it, and you guys can could jump in. A large church in the area that will remain nameless. Um, had to meet, of course, remotely because of COVID, but they still wanted to do the presentation on TV. And a strange phenomenon happened. The worship team members that were there when the crowd was there were always ready to participate regularly. But now that they're doing it to a camera and they don't have a live crowd, they're not nearly as faithful to show up to uh, practice and to present. Uh, so it makes me wonder and scratch my head. Uh, what is the worship team there for? Is this just the Christian version of The Voice? Is that what we're doing? Wowie. Yep. Is it because you don't have enough talent to get a recording contract that you have to fill that void in your life by pandering to a congregation? Speaking of pandering to a congregation, and a rather large one, and on TV, there's one guy uh, that, uh, uh, and, and, and should I say his name? I'm not afraid to say oh. it. I know where you're going. Uh, okay, I, I, okay. I, I, won't, I won't get Houston? after uh, Who? Houston, Texas. Um, his name is Joel Osteen. He's all right. Texas, yeah. And if you will listen to him for 35 minutes or so, <laughs> is the biggest panderer to feelings mm. that I've ever heard. Feelings, yeah. nothing more than feelings. Trying to make merchandise of us. And I got trying. news for you, brothers and sisters. If your best life is now, you're in serious oh, trouble. Don't you? That's, what, that's what he preaches, your best life. My best life is going to be when, when I'm absent from the body and Amen. present with Amen. the Lord. And, and when I get my new body at the rapture of the church, whether I have died before it or whether I'm living during it, I'm going to get a new body. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses Amen. 51 and following says that. First uh, Thessalonians chapter four, verses 13 through 18 says that. And that's when I will be sinless. Amen. And, you know, that's and, when my best life will yes, occur. And, and, and yes. it will be eternal. Yes. Exactly. And before before the new heavens and new earth, we know that the Bible's real clear about a thousand year rule and reign that the Lord that's Jesus right. Christ is going to be here on the throne in Jerusalem and the nation of Israel is going to have all that land. And I've already put in my request because I don't know, you know, my service has been kind of lacking and I'm praying, Lord Jesus, 
just put me in charge of the park service somewhere (laughs) and I'll be outside and I'll be taking people on hikes and sharing the gospel with them at the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Well, you know, at least you'll be sharing, sharing the gospel while doing something uh, constructive. Yeah. But when uh, the example you wrote up Osteen, here's what he does. The only place he hikes, I'm pretty sure is up the, up, up the auditorium stairs to the pulpit. And behind that thing, you never hear him talk about sin, judgment, death, eternal separation from, from God. Hell. Hell. You won't hear those words ever come out of his mouth through that microphone in that auditorium. And do you know why? Because he's pandering instead of preaching. That's the biggest problem we've right. got. And he's got. Well, Curtis, that, that's not for me to decide. That's not for me to know. I can't I can't judge a person's heart. Jo- Joel, <laughs> Joel, what is the gospel? Do you believe that Jesus is the only way? Well, I, I don't know a person's heart. That's not for me to judge. What what I'm trying to do, what, what my purpose is, is to encourage. And, and not only that, to sell lots of books. Uh, but I can't you, you know a person's heart. You know that. that 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 particular yeah. rendition, yeah. that invitation, yeah. was very scary. You, you not only don't got, do it again. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, don't do, you got the voice right. Well, what people didn't see was you, you the, the eye blinks. You did that perfectly. <laughs> I, I, it, it, just amazing. All right, now we're not laughing in jest. No, no. I've got no. to. I've got to tell you something. It we sorrow over that kind of stuff. Yes, he we knows do. the truth. Now, His father before him knew the truth. Let, he knows what the gospel is. That's right. That's right. His father was a great evangelist. Now, let me tell you something. Um, these people that are pandering, uh, there's is probably one of the biggest problems we have in the church age. But I think the biggest problem is denominationalism. Yeah. I'm telling you, folks, I would never attend a church where a man who calls himself a priest, hears your confession and gives you absolution from your sin. No one can do that but Jesus Christ. My Bible says it. You can read it. Uh, There is only one mediator between man and God, and that's the man Christ, Jesus. You go to Jesus with your confession. And if you you think I'm, I'm saying Roman Catholicism, yes, but that's not the only one that does that. No. Okay. No. no. Okay. No, it's not, now, now you can't do that. Now, now, um, the Roman Catholics are told that there are occasions in which they have to use several Hail Marys. Mm. You know, Mary wow. cannot absolve you of one sin, much like your priest can't do it. No, she doesn't take your prayers to Jesus because in 1 John 3 says we have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ the righteous, not Mary. Mary, by the way, was not an eternal version. We find in in the book of Matthew, I think it's chapter uh, 13, but uh, it escapes me now, uh, about Jesus's four brothers. And he had sisters also. Where did they come from? Were they all virgin born? No, because if they were, they could have died for your yeah, sins. It didn't have to be now, Jesus. Folks, did. And so Mary was not an eternal virgin. Mary is not the queen of heaven because, folks, there just ain't such a person. Nope. 
there is no queen of heaven. And Ezekiel, we saw the people, I mean, it was terrible, uh, the, the things that they were doing. And one of the things they were doing was baking cakes yeah. to the queen of heaven. Yeah, that's yeah. what we see. And poor, poor leadership allows that. By the way, we're not going to let you Mormons escape either. Folks, if you're, you're, you're in a, you're in it's a, interesting to me. It's interesting to me that you bring up the subject of Mormons because Galatians chapter one is very clear oh, and specifically uses gospel. the example yeah. of if we or an, an, angel, or an angel from heaven that's right. gives you any other gospel, let him be accursed. And yep. I said this before the broadcast began, um, the things that the apostle Paul was comfortable with cursing in Galatians chapter one. I'm confident and comfortable cursing myself. There you go. And that's a gospel other than the gospel of so, Jesus Christ that was delivered by a, quote, angel from yeah, heaven. Yeah. Hey, hey, so, that's right. That's right. Exactly right. Now, now what, what was what was the angel's name? Moroni. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's right. Moroni. Uh, he, said, he said to this treasure digger, to go over and dig in such and such a place in Camorra, New York. I think yeah. that was the name of the town. And he said, and they found, he found gold plates that were inscribed with something he couldn't read. Yeah. And so the angel came along and translated, translated it for him. Yeah. And right, and right, and right here in our state, in Southern Illinois, there's a little history of the, of the Mormon church. Yeah. And um, I don't want to go into too much detail, but they ran him out of Illinois in a hurry because of his heresy and his false teaching and his fraud. And it's one of the few bright spots in the history of Illinois uh, that I can <laughs> yeah, think of yeah. besides Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Who was it that they, that they ran out? I think it was Joseph Smith. It, no, it, no, it, it, it was Joseph, down in Nauvoo. In, that uh, was Brigham Young. Brigham Young. Oh, excuse me. I'm yeah, corrected. That's yes. right. And by the way, uh, Certain sects of Mormonism still practice polygamy. Oh boy! Now there's two reasons not to uh, to practice polygamy. The first one is scriptural: husband of one wife, husband of one wife. Here's the second one: your insurance rates will go up. No, 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 no. I just wanted to to throw that in. And, and, and in the Book of Mormon, you, you pointed out something very interesting to me that I yeah. never realized before. Yeah. Uh, in the Book of Mormon, there are, there, there are four books, Nephi 1, 2, 3, and 4. Nephi, N-E-P-H-I. Uh, hey, hey, by that way, Nephi, that was supposedly an angel. Yeah, Nephi, Nephi okay. was Nephi, an angel. An angel, yeah. And, and, and by the way, if you add a couple of letters to that Hebrew word, yeah. see, Nephi is the singular form of the plural Nephilim. Oh, and oh, those were oh, the lousy satanic oh. creatures that intermarried with women oh. in Genesis chapter six they were and caused the flood. They were polygamous. You don't like that? By the way, you say, well, you're a Protestant, so you're not, you don't like the Mormons, you don't like the Catholics. <laughs> listen, listen, the Protestants are, are becoming just as perverse Oh, as, as that, I, I'm telling you, if you if you like Reformed theology, you're wrong. Yeah. Let me tell you why. Can I? I can just give you two of the two of the uh, the letters of their tulip. The L stands for limited atonement, and my Bible says Jesus Christ gave Himself a ransom for all. Reformers, you're wrong. The I stands for irresistible grace. Wait a minute. 
How you mean nobody can resist grace? No, they can't. Well, then why are there so many lost people? Well, because God didn't didn't uh, uh, invite them into grace, didn't offer them grace. And the book of Titus says very plainly in chapter two that the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. Get out of Catholicism, Mormonism, Reform theology. Um, and by the way. There are some Baptists that are just as wrong as the day is long. You you pointed out one to me years ago that I've never forgotten in regards to limited atonement. Uh, the, the Peter had some very strong things to say about uh, heretic, heresy and, and false prophets, and it, it dovetails very nicely with the book of Jude. Second Peter, specifically chapter 2 says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. That's right. Oh, that's right. does that mean that the Lord Jesus uh, sacrifice on, on, on for Calvary on Calvary for the sins of the world even includes these damnable false prophets that it included them. He loved. So he so loved the world. That whosoever believeth on and him. And on that note, yes, it's a great time to close our segment. Wow, we're ready. What did you just say? John three sixteen. Let's say it again. For uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever. Not only can you have life in Jesus Christ, it's everlasting. You can never lose it. Won't you receive Him? Today, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And then tell somebody yeah. that you got saved. Witness, and uh, and try to lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank us for the privilege of help trying to win souls and build them up. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>